Hello? 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 Okay, there you are. <laughs> this, this doesn't bode well. No, I was just thinking the same thing. Dance, monkey, dance! This week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. I'm coming to you from somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. You sound like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> it sounds like you're in a can little you the, tiny room. Can you hear room. the whales in the background? Uh, no. I am in a little tiny room. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, things are wonderful. Yeah. Life of a sailor. Well, at least you got whales outside. That's right. And, and not, they're not inside. And, and not, I don't think we've hit any yet. Not big pale women in, in little tiny swimsuits. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll be I'll be gone before they do that. <laughs> I will be on my own vacation by then. There you go. There you go. Uh, So what's new with you? Oh my God, man. Um, where do I even start? Uh, so my kid went back to school. Um, yeah. Two weeks ago. <laughs> and as of, we, we record this on Sunday. So as of Friday, day 10 of, of school, there are close to 300 kids in her school that either have COVID or are quarantined for proximity to people who are positive. What? Yep. <clears throat> yep. It's uh. Well, that's amazing. It's uh, you know, and and the governor's not willing to do anything because everybody's blowing this COVID thing out of proportion. So uh. Well, you know, I mean, it's all fake news. Yeah, my daughter said that uh during her study hall, the pr- the vice principal came in, called names. They all had to get up and go to an all-purpose room to be have their parents called because they were being placed in quarantine. Oh dear God! Yeah, she had she had twenty-five students in her homeroom on the first day of school. On Friday, she had seven. Wow! So yeah, it's just a waiting game at this point to see whether or not she gets it or is near somebody who has it. Now, is she having any problem wearing a mask? Anybody picking on her? No, and she we've we've talked to her. She actually wears her mask during lunch. Um, she kind of pulls it forward, takes a bite, and then puts it back. Um, oh wow! Just well, smart kid. Just so that you know we're be, we're being as safe as we can with her. But I mean, we had it. We had friends who were taking things just as seriously as us. They have two kids in the, in the same school. Um, he called me the other day to tell me that the entire family is positive. 
and both adults are wow. are vaccinated. <laughs> so yeah, this shit ain't no joke. No, not at all. Especially when you're in a shitty state where your governor's a moron. Yeah, I mean, and like people, parents are begging for just a mask mandate for the school. And he's refusing to because that mm-hmm. that is against people's liberty and freedom. And it's like, you're a fucking idiot, man. That's the same thing in, in Florida. <clears throat> Except every school district is defying our, our shithead governor and they're requiring masks. Right, but, but our, it's still not helping because... And in South Carolina, like, all the people that are running the schools are the same Republican assholes as the governor so they're not going to do anything nope so and there's no online option even if I wanted to pull her out you know there's I right there's there's nothing online for her to go to not yet I mean they're doing something for the, the people that are um, being quarantined and stuff but you can't you can't just opt for that so yeah, it's been right. it's been kind of a nerve wracking couple of weeks. It's a lot of Sorry waiting for that. the phone to ring during the school day, <laughs> and having the the principal say, "Come get your kid." Right. So. Wow. Yeah. So you know, exciting Yay, times. America. Yeah. I mean, it almost feels it used to feel like the vaccine was a light at the end of the tunnel. And now things just mm-hmm. are back to feeling like there's an inevitability. I can't even say the word um, of not if, but when. And as a parent, I have no control over it. And that scares me. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling to have. Yeah. <clears throat> But but you can always buy some horse dewormer. I hear that works miracles. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that just that prove and how some how bleach st- up your ass? Yeah, doesn't it just prove how stupid the people in Texas really are? Yes. I mean, they vote incredibly. For, they vote for a guy that when when it gets cold runs away to a, a tropical island, and then believes mm-hmm. that like you, horse horse dewormer is like the way to go, and you're like okay. Right. I mean, and if it shows you how stupid the people in South Carolina are, I saw a posting on one of the the local groups. Um, I guess your governor is putting some kind of antibody um, yes. treatment for out for everybody, and people were like, "Oh, this is the sign of a true, true leader," and it's like, "No, it's not." So that's what I'm dealing with. I just hope he gets voted out. I hope his career is over because the power of stupid is just overwhelming at this point. Yep. Now, these people saying they don't want to wear, you know, a mask because it infringes on their human rights. I can't carry a piece of paper that says I'm vaccinated and have to show it places. You have to show a driver's license to buy beer. Right, right. How is that any different? Because that was all put in place before they had the voice to say something. 
and they forget. It was all put in place before the goddamn internet. They they forget that. Is it the Constitution that, or is it the Declaration of Independence that calls for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Like life is first. You're supposed to protect the lives of mm-hmm. of American people before liberty and before before the pursuit of happiness. And they don't want to look at it that way. No. It's liberty or death. Well, then die and get it on for the rest of us so that we can go on. Right? Right? I hate to be that way. I think that we... But that's the way it is now, you know? It's like, it's it's you or them. So who's going to survive? Hopefully me. <laughs> but yeah, what a mess. You know who? You know? You know who didn't? You know who didn't survive? Who? Ed Asner. I saw that he, he ninety-one died. years old. He died today at today. ninety-one. Yeah. Yeah. It's that Betty White curse. <laughs> Everyone Betty White works with dies. <laughs> Maybe she's sucking on their life. It force. is Mary Mary Tyler Moore, Valerie Harper. <laughs> Cloris Leachman's next. Yeah, maybe. She better watch out. Better and all the all the golden girls are gone. Yep. Yeah. Be careful. The curse of Betty White. Yep. She sucks the life out of people. <laughs> like a vampire. For any of the younger people listening, he was the voice of Carl and Up. And uh, he played Santa Claus and Elf. That's probably the two things that people would know him from. That didn't watch Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, but but I mean, he has been on TV since 1957. Yeah. He has been in tons of TV shows and TV movies and voiceovers and animated movies. I mean, he's he worked right up until his death. Yeah, and we saw we saw him at in one fact, of the. He's got, um, conventions we went to a couple of years ago we did he was at the the fanboy expo where you met the the dukes oh really yeah i didn't remember that yep oh i mean he's even got a credit under imdb for 2023 (laughs) so you know that's going to be an interesting performance what is it for uh, it is something called Unplugged. Oh. And he, and he plays Dr. Eaton. And he's got a ton of stuff in post-production, so we're going to see him for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to go. I guess you're going to have to write out his part in Cobra Kai. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, poor Ed Asner. Or write, or write his death into the script. Uh, yeah. Oh, if he dies, does does Johnny get the inheritance? Maybe. May, and maybe it's like Crease um, sends somebody to rough him up and he, he ends up dying because of it. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, we could work it out. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, ninety one's a good long haul. I mean, good for him. And it yeah. didn't. It didn't sound like he passed away from anything other than like natural causes. I mean, it. It's not like he died of COVID or. No, his family said he passed away peacefully. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, nobody wants to be in pain well, or on a ventilator, you know. That's right. <laughs> Except Republicans. That's right. Conservative radio talk show hosts apparently are the getting killed or dying of COVID after, you know, saying that COVID isn't real while being strapped to a ventilator. Right. There's there's like three of them now that have passed away from that. So, oh, well. Do you know who else died? We weren't here. We didn't record last week, but somebody died last week. Um, when you were in England, you watched uh, yeah. eight out of 10 cats does countdown, right? Yes. Uh, yes. One of the comedians on that, Sean Locke, passed away last week at the age of 58. Oh, wow. Um, if anybody's ever watched... Um, either countdown or eight out of 10 cats, which is like the other show that they all do. He did, he, a couple of his famous bits were like, they did a thing. They did a game called, um, carrot in the box where they had to, he had to bluff the other guy of whether or not there was a carrot in his box or the other guy's box. Um, and then there was a sequel to that. Okay. Um, he was really funny. He was super funny. And it's a shame that, he he lost his battle with cancer at age 58 wow yeah that's sad yeah and there's a ton of clips on, of him on youtube if anybody really wants to look him up right it, i would recommend it i mean it's pretty funny eight out of ten cats discountdown is is very good and they're always like they're like I know there's one clip <laughs> where he's having kind of an argument with one of the other male comedians and they were talking about how he was being rude to him. And so Sean Locke says to the guy, I'll tell you what, tonight when we're having sex, I won't spit on you. And everybody just goes nuts and starts like crying and like laughing. And he was like, I don't know. I just thought it'd be a funny thing to say. I mean, he was he, like British humor is not for every American because, you know, we get butt hurt a lot at stupid things. But at least in England, they can joke with each other. And he was pretty funny. So. 58 way too young, but. Yeah, definitely. So have you been able to watch anything while you've been cruising around the world? Uh, so I watched the first three episodes of Titan season three. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> it's quite the bump up from um, the first couple seasons, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love Nightwing's costume. Yeah. I, I'm still not not sure. I mean, I 
I liked the way they did Jason's death by the Joker. Like yeah. you didn't like you saw the Joker, but you didn't see the Joker right. kind of thing. Right. Shot from the back. He's silhouetted. But they, he's wearing that that outfit, that purple suit. And, you know, they show there's a security guard that's strung up that has the Batman 1989 smile X smile on his face. Yes. Um, to kind of let mm-hmm. you know that this is the Joker and like, you know, this is the work of the Joker before like, cause apparently, uh, DC told the Titans crew, the two characters they can't show in costume are Batman and the Joker, which is why you see oh, a lot okay. of Bruce Wayne, but you don't really see Batman. Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. The only thing that I find a little odd is that in the comic books, once, once Jason Todd died, he wasn't around for a couple of years. And Red Hood showed up a couple of years later and it was like, oh, holy shit, that's Jason Todd. And this is like within hours of him dying. They they pick up yeah. his body and they throw him in the Lazarus pit and you're like, oh, okay, sure. I, I guess because it would have been cool for the Titans to do a time jump. Yeah. You know, even a year, even a year, they could have they could have just gone up and like they could have aged everybody up just a bit. I mean, we haven't seen Raven mm-hmm. since. So I I think that would have been cool, but they're going for like right away. All of a sudden Red Hood is there. So. Well, it's definitely a fast and furious season. I'm (laughs) I'm looking forward to getting back on dry land and seeing, because I hear Raish is back and I want to see the aftermath of Hawk, of Hank being killed. Yeah. And that, that... I don't know if Raish is back, but I saw an article that said that, that Titans did a disservice to Rachel Ghoul like every other Batman thing. Oh, okay. I know what they're talking about. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's interesting because they're not, because they're only doing like eight or nine episodes, whatever their, their contract is. They can't sit on anything. They, it, there's literally like, right they introduce red hood and Dick immediately finds out who it is. And there's, right. There's no, there's no mystery, but I like that. I like that in a world where this kind of shit exists, people would know who they were. And so you have red hood and you have a fight and it's like, okay, we're just going to have Dick break his mask so that he knows who he's up against. And then that way you don't have to play out this like, who's this and who's that? And you know that, that Jason is in the red hood thing when he gives dove the gun. Right. And you know, obviously it's a comic book TV shows and the rule is unless you see the body, they're not really dead. So Mm -hmm. I'm a little concerned that they may bring Hank back in some way, which is, See, I was wondering if in the next episode, because I only saw the first three, they, you know, they find him or we see him in a respirator somewhere. Or... I almost expected Crypto to be dragging him out of the bedroom. <laughs> I mean, but it's 
I, I want them to keep him dead just because it, it's actual stakes for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the fact that Superboy worked until the very end and didn't make it to him. I, I like that. I like that, that it wasn't right. just them at the end drinking beer being like, well, that was a close one. Right. Like there's actual consequences and I want them to keep it like that. But I mean, I, I think there's only eight episodes, which means they're coming up towards the end already. I wonder how many they're actually doing. Hang on. Titans. Um. Oh, they're doing 13. Okay. Okay. I guess I'm, I guess I'm, I'm used to now the like really short, like Disney plus six episodes and you're out thing. Mm-hmm. And so now when I think about superhero stuff, that's stuck in my head, but that's good. At least there's some still to go. What else have you been watching? Uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> That's what happens when you take secondary characters and say, I don't give a shit. So, so how far, uh, into, how far did you get? Um, so I'm in season two and Rita is in the, the community theater production where she's, and she becomes the beekeeper okay. as a superhero. <laughs> okay. So that's as far as I am. Um, but it's like, Oh my God, this is the weirdest fucking shit. Like, like, you know, the evil Dr. Time. <laughs> He's well, right up there with, you know, Clock King and Polka Dot Man. I, I want to say it gets weirder. Okay. If if I'm remembering right, did you get to the ghosts in the house yet? Yes. The, the sex ghosts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's just like, what the hell? Like, I'm trying to figure out who these two people are, are in the van and they're surveilling the mansion and but you're 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 the what yeah it's it it's a really interesting show so you've seen the um i think it was in season one have you seen the the monsters that are basically butts yes yes (laughs) so it's like an ass with with legs And teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The butts have escaped. The butts have escaped. But but come on. When you start out a show with a voiceover that is the bad guy going, oh, God, not another superhero TV show. You're really going to stick around right. for an hour of this? Like, it was so well done. And so, like, this is not this is not anything that you've seen before that uh, that's when I fell in love with the show. I was like, I don't care what they do. I don't care like how crazy this gets. The fact that they're calling that like this character knows he's in a comic book show. Like I'm in like whatever they want to do. I'm in. Yeah. And it's, you know, Mm -hmm. at at one point they're, they're, 
I think it's in the beginning of season two where they're trapped in a painting. Yes. Yeah. Like there's all this weird shit and you're, you're like, you'd never see that on the CW. No. Well, and then the, the rest of the team gets shrunk down and they're living in Cliff's model train set. Yep. <laughs> That's like, Oh, okay. Yep. And you don't, you don't have those yeah. weird things like, um, you know, there's, there's a character that's an actual street and it's a street yeah. that's filled with, with queer people. And it's like, they can be themselves here and, and we'll protect you. And it's, and the street um, communicates through signs and like, like projections and shit like that. And you're like, they would never do this on network mm-hmm. television because it's so far out there. But for Doom Patrol, it works. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, they've got a good core dynamic going on. And then all of the stuff that happens to them, it's like, okay, what are they smoking in the writer's room? I mean, Brendan Fraser as as Robot Man, like, Mm -hmm. this was just the tip of him, like, coming back. Like, I, I feel like he took this with the idea of, like, I'm not being offered a whole lot, so I'm just going to throw myself into this. And he's so good in it. Like Timothy Dalton's really good in it. And you're like, holy shit. Okay. Like you wouldn't think Timothy Dalton as chief would work. And I'm surprised that he's in it so much because his credit is like with Timothy Dalton. Right. And it's like, oh, so I figured he'd be like Vincent Price in Edward Scissorhands. You know, he's in there for 10 (laughs) minutes and then he's gone. But like, no, he's integral to every, every season now. Yep. Yep, it's it's very it's very interesting. Crazy. The only thing that I will say that I don't dig a whole lot is Cyborg's costume. No, it it look see well see that's the other thing that's the same issue I have with Titans is to some extent it feels like a fan film, right? Because if you watch it, especially through season two, they go to the same set all the time. <laughs> that that the street with the two tunnels on either side and there's a, a building that's a shop or a restaurant or something in the middle and it's in the Jack the Ripper episode. It's in a future. I mean, it's all over the place. It's like, okay, <laughs> you, you need to spend some money on this. Right. Um, it's crazy. It's just crazy. You know, the, the, um, the space capsule return to Earth uh, yeah, with the two the two dead astronauts was it Specs and I remember that one's name, but it's yeah, like, it's okay, like that, yeah. that's crazy. I mean, I've I'll, I'll, Doom Patrol was never one of those comic books that I ever read growing up. Like it was never on my radar. Um, but you know, seeing seeing this and you're like, wow, okay, like. Of course, this wouldn't work as a movie, but I think DC was totally on board to be like, look, this is this is something that we can do that's really wacky and out there and is not. It's kind of like it kind of feels to me kind of like Legends of Tomorrow, where they're just Mm going to do wacky shit and that's fine. But in this version of that, they can curse and they can you know, it's a little bit more adult than like legends of tomorrow. 
but it definitely right. feels in that realm. And I think that they can explore a lot of things. I know, I know that um, Legend of Tomorrow has embraced like character sexuality and stuff like that. But in this one, like it's just a part of the story. And I don't feel like when mm-hmm. they're talking about Larry Trainer in his past life before he becomes a negative man, it's just who he is. It's not like, hey, we're going to call it out because we need we need to have a gay character on here. It's just like, that's just who he is. And I feel like they, they handle it better than I've seen on the CW where it's like, okay, now we, we need a gay character for this because we need to have that. And it's like, well, no, this is just the story. Right. So. And I mean, his story is, is just so, tragic well they all have very tragic stories oh yeah absolutely but they were all kind of but they were all shitty people in real life (laughs) well yeah yeah and then they're brought together and then they're brought together and they're kind of creating a you know a family but i mean the whole thing with with uh larry trainer and going to his son's funeral and meeting his other son and the other son invites him over for, you know, to, to hang out and help pack up the son's um, house and stuff. And then he's like the, uh, what is it? The, the normal police or whatever they are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Come that, to get him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's messed up. <laughs> They're definitely so playing. Messed- they're definitely playing hard and loose with like like morally ambiguous characters yeah definitely and then they have the little kid that's got the little monkey face I know poor thing (laughs) little monkey girl (laughs) and then you see her mother and it's like oh what was he into Uh, well yeah I mean that's the thing like like, like you see the mother and you're like, wow, okay, where, how did that happen? Where, where do you think that that was a good idea? But you know, whatever. Yeah. Everybody has their own kinks, I guess. <laughs> For sure. I really love crazy Jane. Yeah. And, and I like the way that they handle her powers. Um, yeah especially the one where like she can make words appear in the air and then use them as weapons. Yes. Like, like that's all in the first season too. And that's like, okay, that's a really interesting way to do that. Like, cause you would look at that and be like, well, we can't like, we can't just have them appear. And the, like the director's like, why not? Why can't that be what the thing is? Okay. And so, and the way that she switches out of personalities and into others is really good too. Yeah. And I'm going to have to go back and watch crisis fives because apparently she's in that is crazy Jane. Really? Yep. That's what her IMDb says. Crisis on Infinite Earths Part Five, Crazy Jane, uncredited, twenty twenty. Oh, you know what? I 
That's just them dancing at the end. That's the what? There's a there's a shot oh, there's a shot okay. after all of the the um the multiverse is reformed where they go from earth to earth and it it's kind of it was kind of DC's way to break down of like who you might see on each show. And so like earth, whatever number they are is just them. And they're outside the mansion dancing. Oh, okay. and that's it. So you don't have to go back and watch. Oh, okay. Well, good. But yeah, I, I think as an actress, she's doing an amazing job with that part. Yeah. She's... And I like the fact that not all of her personalities are played by her. Right. Especially in her mind or wherever that is. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The underground. The underground. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she's uh, a voice artist too. She was on Elena of Evalor. Diana and Guerrero. she's going to be in the new Disney. Yep. And she's going to be in the new Disney movie Encanto. You know, I first saw I her this year. in Orange is a New Black um, when that first yep. came out to Netflix. And she was one of the mm-hmm. like, she wasn't a background character at first, but like she definitely didn't have as big a part. And then you could see yep. them being like, oh, no, she's a really good actress. We need to move her kind of towards the forefront. So she's she's always been really good in whatever she's done. Yeah. Well, that's good. I've been I've been watching a lot of movies from my youth this past week. Oh, really? Y- yeah, I such as I don't know how I got into I guess it was because I was recommended Fast Times at Ridgemount High on Okay. On Amazon, I guess. Yeah. And so I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I watched that. And uh it's it's one of those films has a lot of nudity, has a lot of like teen sex stuff in it. Um apparently it's got one of the most pause scenes of all time. Um, Phoebe Cates gets out of the pool. When Phoebe Cates gets out of the pool, exactly. Um, yeah. And it's it's interesting because there's no ending to the film. The film just kind of ends. Um, and I guess that was the director wanting to make a teen film that didn't rely on. Oh. You there? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, the director didn't want to rely on a typical three act structure for a oh, teen no. movie. Oh, you there? Yeah. So, um, it's just interesting watching it because I, I had seen it a ton when I was a kid, but like, it's one of those things that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, yeah. but then that led me down another rabbit hole. I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie moving violations? Oh my God. I was just thinking of that yesterday. <laughs> I swear to God. I fucking swear to God with Bill Murray's brother. Yes. J- and Sally Kellerman from mash yep. and Stacy Keach's brother. Yep. It's, it's this yes. weird 
It's a weird movie. Um, it's John Murray doing a Bill Murray impression. Yep. Um, not well. No. And so like him and all these people get pulled over and they have to go to, to night driving school. Yep. And the, the cops that have pulled them all over get like demoted or something or they get in trouble. So they have to teach the class and it's like the class versus them. And it's got a really wild cast in it. Um, uh, besides, besides the ones that you mentioned, it's got, um, um, oh my God, what's, what's his name? Fred. Hang on. Rogers. No. Fred Ward. No. Is it Fred? Oh, okay. Reno Sweeney. Uh, no, Fred Willard. I'm sorry. Oh, Fred Willard. It's, yeah. Okay. It's got Fred Willard in it. It's got Jennifer Tilly in it. Um, it's got Wendy Joe Joe Sperber in it. Uh huh. Who was in Back to the Future? Um, it's got yep. It's got Clara Peller, who's the hoop. Where's the beef lady from the eighties? Mm-hmm. Um, Forrest Whitaker is in it. Yes. For wait. Are you talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Oh no, never. No, no. I was thinking of Fast Times. Okay. Um. But it's got Don Cheadle in it in his first ever role. Um, but it's it's an interesting, weird comedy from the eighties. And like so There were so many of those. So there's this there's this section where um James Keach, who's the deputy, and Sarah Kellerman are having an affair. And mm-hmm. in order to keep this what was this rated PG 13? The act yep. of sex is basically dry humping because they're both dressed in like these <laughs> leather outfits and they're under the yes. covers Yes. and you hear them like moaning. And like at one point they shove an old lady through a window to get a book and she falls on them and they're like moaning even louder until they figure out that she's on the bed and then they both get up and run out. But it's like, they'd have supposedly been all night together. So I guess they were just like rubbing on each other and then you're like, okay, sure. Mm. It's just a weird, like fucked up movie, but totally like funny. If you know, if you're into like screwball comedies of the eighties, it's got Jennifer Tilly in it doing this weird, like she's like mumbling and like, you know, okay. you're, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, you can, she's real flirtatious with John Murray. And like, um, she can't find where her glasses are, but she's wearing her glasses. And, and John Murray is like, well, it's not like she's a NASA scientist. And then, so he asked her out on a date and she goes, well, you can pick me up at work. And she's like, he's like, where do you work? Uh, NASA, I'm a rocket scientist, but it's just a really weird portrayal. It's a, it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah. And then after that, I watched another screwball comedy um, called Johnny yeah. Dangerously. Oh my God! Another great movie. Which Mary is Lou Henner, wh- Michael yes. Keaton. Which is which is like, 
how would you would you say that it was like like the the airplane version of gangster movies? Yes. It's it's real out there. It's like like set up jokes and punchlines. Um but it's it's all about the the gangsters in the in the 30s. And it's got Joe Piscopo mm-hmm. in it, and it's got Maureen Stapleton, who keeps trying to hit on uh, Mary Lou Henner. Uh-huh. Uh, Don, Dom DeLuise is the Pope in it. Like, just kind of yep. way out there. Yep. There's a char- DeVito's in it. Yes. There's a character called Maroney who curses a lot, but it's not cursing. He's like, you fargan bastards, Like, Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember that. Yeah, it's it's totally out there. Um, at one point, the skip the skipper from Gilligan's yes. Island is in it. At one point, he is like Johnny Dangerously has escaped prison, and they have got this car that's got peel away shelf paper on it so that they can change the color of it. And it just keeps going back to the skipper and it's like, attention all cars, attention all cars, be on the lookout for a black whatever. And so they peel off the first layer and he's like, all right, be on the lookout for a white whatever. And he's like, oh God, okay. And then he peels it off and it's got duckies and bunnies on it. And you're like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Like it's just, it's, it's one of those weird things. And apparently the, the woman who directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High directed Johnny Dangerously. So, okay. so, you know, there's a kind of a weird connection there, but they both have Ray Walston in it, hmm. which is kind of weird too. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been one of those weeks of like looking up stuff that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Wow. Time warp. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Uh, you know what else I watched before I went sailing away? Uh, I don't think we talked about this. Castaway. Castaway? Yeah. You know, being stuck on an With island. With Tom Hanks? Yeah. Oh. Yes, I'm talking to Wilson right now. That's right. Um, what if? Okay. Did we talk about what if? I think we talked about, the, did we talk about the first one? I can't remember now. Okay. Maybe we did. You know, I think we did because we talked about the voices. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The second ep- episode with T'Challa as, as Star-Lord. Yes. Yep. Th- that blew my mind. That was amazing. Yep. Amazing. And then at the end where, you know, you see Kurt Russell as Ego. And I was like, wow. Okay. It- the only thing that I wish that they would do differently is not have the actors names appear at the beginning. I kind of wish that, that they held the cast list until the end because we're sitting there watching it and James Brolin's name popped up and I was like, Oh, okay. I guess Thanos is in this. And then Kurt Russell's Mm -hmm. name popped up and it was like, okay, I guess ego is going to be in this. And I think if, the reveal of Thanos being part of the Ravagers would have just been so much better if you didn't know it would, he was going to be there. Yeah. 
But I mean, it just shows you what a horrible person Peter Quill actually was or is. Yeah. Because all you need is the right is the right leadership like to talk to Chala has and everything's different. And again, it was one of those things like you look at the cast list of who they were able to get back. And then like Chris Pratt's not Star-Lord at the end. I mean, yeah, he only has right. one line, but still. Yeah. And I, I, um, I don't know. I don't know if Chadwick Boseman was on his way to being a bigger star than Chris Pratt, but I mean, even he oh, yeah. did it from beyond the grave. <laughs> well, and apparently this isn't the only what if he shows up in. There's wow, that's he's, great. He's scheduled for like two more episodes of this, and like, like did it all while he was like dying of cancer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's sad, but it's kind of cool. That second one is just like off the charts of like references and then being able to tell a story. Like the first one was just. Hey, here's a moment that changed, but like it follows the progression of um it follows the progression of the first Captain America movie. And this was we're going to kind of start out with uh Guardians of the Galaxy, but we're going to do this whole entirely different thing instead. And mm-hmm. I like that. I like that they're not having to keep to the movies that um and the third one, I don't know if you saw the third one. I think you I didn't see the third yeah. one. Um, it starts out in a place where you're like, okay, I know where this is going, but completely winds up being something completely different. Okay. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're being just as innovative with a cartoon as they would be with, um, you know, a, a $200 million movie that's going into the theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so well done. I mean, Disney Plus is knocking it out of the park. And now we've got the Star Wars Visions show coming up soon. Do you think um, the Visions show will be too far to the anime side for a lot of Star Wars fans? I don't know. It's definitely a style we have not seen in the Star Wars universe yet. And I don't know how that's going to play for, you know. Yeah, I mean, my kid is a huge yeah, anime um, fan. She loves, she loves like My Hero Academia and Demon Slayers and, movie, and TV shows like that. And she's like super psyched for the new Star Wars show. I'm just afraid mm-hmm. that like it's too far in like off to the side where people aren't going to understand the concepts and they're not going to like, you know, it's basically samurais in space with lightsabers. Does that Which translate? Is pretty much how George Lucas saw it. Right. But I mean, I think it's, it's you know, so ingrained now with the way people see sci-fi that I don't, I'm afraid that the regular people aren't going to get it. 
or the regular people really embrace it and open their eyes to something totally unexpected. Possibly. I mean, and that's, that's probably why they're doing it, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. It's like, Hey, all of these places were huge star Wars fans. Let's let them tell a story. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I like the fact that they're opening it up to that because, you know, having to fill the Disney plus, um, schedule, I'm sure they're, they're looking for all kinds of people that are like huge star Wars fans that could do something totally unexpected. Right. I wonder if it's going to find the same audience that was watching when I was a kid, um, battle for planets, which was based on was it Battleship Yamamoto? Oh, Star know, Japanese anime. Star Blazers and was Harlock and Star, Star Blazers. Yep. Star Blazers was Battleship Yamato and Battle for the Planets was G Force in America. And G Force was the characters who look like birds. birds. Yeah. They've got weird bird costumes. Yep. Like fat guys, what a duck or something. Yeah, yep. something like that. Um, because just look just looking at the stills from visions there's one where it's like yeah this kid could totally be in one of those uh late 70s anime redubbed for american audience kind of things yeah and they did that a lot that was that was huge in the 70s oh god oh yeah we had kimba the white lion we had uh astro boy mm -hmm. A lot of weird shit I watched as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was a huge Star Blazers fan. Um, yeah. That was like... And, um, Speed Racer. Speed Racer, yep. Yep, all that stuff was like huge when I was when I was just coming up and like really kind of adapting myself to like what's on TV that I could really like as a sci-fi fan. All right, well, there's all these Japanese cartoons. Okay. And then, you know, that could just kind of blossom from there. But I don't know how much of that. I mean, I know like um, Avatar, The Last Airbender and Korra were huge cartoons. So I'm hoping that like that sensibility is still there for like the Star Wars universe. But you know how the Star, the Star Wars fans are like if it's if it's something that doesn't yeah. kind of jive with what they've seen, they don't really want it. Right. I mean, but like the Star Wars universe is so big that like it doesn't have to be about Jedi. Right. Or it doesn't have to be about like the, the Skywalker family. Because we're getting more of that. Well, and I think no that matter might what. be part of I think that might be part of the the thinking behind it is that yeah, the diehard Star Wars fans are going to be judgy, and they're you know they're either going to embrace it or they're going to slam it. But we're looking for a new audience because let's face it, original Star Wars fans are going to be dropping bits. <laughs> I mean, it's what forty years ago, seventy-seven. Yeah, forty-four years ago. Forty-four. So, so yeah, I mean, you know. Some of those people, you know, of my age, or you know, now have kids and stuff. But 
what we watched as kids and what we really liked suddenly because of the, the oversaturation of uh, presentational media, it, it doesn't hold up. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't show a kid the original Snow White when all they know is Frozen because it doesn't look the same. It doesn't look right to them. No, and that's a pro. That's an issue that I had with my kid was that she came up on Toy Story yeah. and stuff like that. And when we tried to show her the original, she was like, "I don't like this." Yeah. I mean, which is weird because then she got an anime which looks exactly like the old, the old Disney stuff, and she loves that. So I don't right. know. I don't know. It's weird. I start feeling very old. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we had a membrane keyboard on my TI-99. <laughs> yeah, somebody said something to me about something in the 80s the other day. And I was like, you do realize how long ago the 80s were, right? It's not right. It's it's not just around the, the corner like it used to be. We're pretty far out. Somebody said, um, do you know the Bowling for Soup song, 1985? Uh-huh. If they were to write that song today, um, based on how many years back they went from when they wrote it, it would be about 2003. Wow. So, yeah. That's what, that's what's an introspective. If they were to remake Back to the Future today and Marty goes 30 years into the past, it's 1985. Right. I mean, like, people just don't remember that, like, you have this, this stylized, we came up in the 80s, so, like, that's what we remember, but it's so far gone now. Mm-hmm. Just makes you feel old. Sure. And decrepit. As we are. <laughs> the, end, the end is near, Chris. The end is near. No, it's not. No? Nope. Singularity's right around the corner. I'm going to live right. forever. Oh, God. <laughs> you and Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever I have to do, man. I got to sacrifice a you bus really full of nuns. Maybe. I don't think I want to live forever. Why? I don't know. I just know that there's going to be a whole lot of esoteric shit that's going to be forgotten when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's going to look at my crap and go, what the hell? <laughs> it's an autograph of some guy with a monkey. <laughs> okay. How about, how about this? How about, you have the option to live forever or terminate your life when you see fit, but you can live without dying. I'd like to see a couple of hundred years into the future. I mean, I don't want to live to the point where like the universe suffers heat death and like, you're just floating in nothing forever. Right. But I think if at a certain yeah, point, that would kind of suck. yeah, I think at a certain point, if you're able to like, okay, I've had enough, we're done to be able to do that. I think that would be better than like, you know, you only get 80 years if you're lucky. Right. Especially being 47. Yeah. Or 56. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's kind of like that movie with Bruce Willis and Meryl Streep, Death Becomes Her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like Meryl Streep and and Goldie Hawn become immortal, but they're still subjected to their human bodies. Uh, yeah, and then like blows a hole in one of them. Yep. Because he's a plastic surgeon and he's been like repairing them. <laughs> weird. 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 That movie has one of yeah, the best. I, mean, I, like, I would like to see that. That movie has one of like the best animatronic yeah. heads ever in it. With um, Is that the one Meryl Streep turns around. Yes. Yep. It's so lifelike that people were like like weirded out on set. Yeah. But what would you like to see? I was going to say, it's like, I, I would like to see a couple hundred years if I could have the same quality of life. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be, like, wheeled around in a hospital bed. No. No, or in a Tupperware container. Yeah. Just a brain. Yeah. It's, as long, like, if you could it, it stop aging at some point, and then, right. you know, at some point be like, all right, I've had enough, Let's let's end this, I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could handle that. I could handle that. You know, like Connor McLeod and um, Highlander. Except you don't have to fight people with swords. Okay. You don't have to fight Sean Connery? No. As a Spaniard? As a Spaniard with a with a Scottish accent? No. Yes. Yeah, crazy. What's crazier is he came back for the sequel. Well, yeah. Which was which was really bad. Well, wasn't he also the voice of the dragon in Dragonheart? In the first one, yeah. And he's in he's in Name of the Rose. Yep. I mean, of course, we know him for uh, Last Crusade. Right. Zardon. Or James Bond. Yep. Walking around in a weird diaper thing. <laughs> I mean, he had some right? missteps for sure, but, you know, he did more good yep. than he did bad. Yeah, definitely. He was in The Rock with uh, um, Nicolas Cage. The Rock. Oh, good times. Another person that's sorely yeah. missed. But oh, who, he's dead? Yes. But Nicolas who, Cage is dead? No, not Nicolas Cage. Sean Connery. <laughs> he's dead? But he's he's another one that, that did it right. He just kind of disappeared one day. He was like, I'm done. Like, just, I'm going to go play golf now. You know, it's it's like Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was one of my favorite actors, and when he retired, it sucked. Um, yeah. But, like, would you really want to see Gene Hackman on the screen right now? Probably not. You know, he knew when to get out. Yep. Oh, Sean Connery died last year. Yeah, we talked about it. Did we? <sighs> you know, Chris, after a while, the mind starts to go. <laughs> I can see that. Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what a shame. 
Yeah. Oh, all but those people. Mine would be Alec on Jeopardy. So, you know. So, did you hear the fact, like, like people were all pissed that LeVar Burton wasn't offered that? And then they guess they released the numbers of from his episodes and like the ratings had dropped mm-hmm. a whole bunch for him. Yeah. So I don't know if it's He's just got a very select audience. Yeah. And obviously none of those people watched the show when he was on it. <laughs> no, apparently not. But I guess like the, I guess an article came out where, um, it had been revealed that Alex Trebek had handpicked his successor, some woman, and the Jeopardy people yeah. never even interviewed her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck's up with that, man? Mm. The wacky world. Yeah. I mean, you would think they would at least, like... I think they should have just... Like gone and said, well, what did what did he want? No, I think what they should have done was combine Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune and do Wheel of Jeopardy, <laughs> and instead of landing, and instead of guessing letters and words, you have to guess the the outcome of something like shark attack, <laughs> Wheel of Jeopardy. <laughs> That'd be funny. That I would watch. That I would watch. Would you? I would, because I really don't like Wheel of, Je- Wheel of Fortune, because of all the morons who blow their money on vowels. <laughs> it's like, there's two fucking squares left, and you have to spend money to buy a vowel because you're not smart enough to pull the E out of it? Or <laughs> I, I don't understand that. It just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Well, that is America for you. Yes, it is. Where you can win half a car. That's right. <clears throat> I actually worked with somebody who was on Wheel of Fortune and won the whole thing. Really? Yeah, she she worked with me um, at the last place that I worked at. And um, they had come to Charleston for, you know, one of those recruiting things. She made it all the way. They flew her out to California she got on the show. She won like two out of the three rounds and won the, the final spin thing, um, went up and picked all the letters and won a trip to like Ireland or something. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, Small world. Yeah. All right. You got anything else for this week? No, I think that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. John. Have a good week. Respect the bucket.